Today's episode is brought to you by Path 11 TV, inspiring entertainment for the spiritually curious. With a Path 11 TV membership, you get instant access to over 100 hours of exclusive video content that explores consciousness, healing, and life after death. Also with the Path 11 TV membership, you can attend our monthly events and live streams free. In the past few months, we've already had medium readings with Drew Callie and Suzanne Northrup, along with a numerology session with Nicene Siegel and Chinese face readings with Marla Goldberg. Join us for our next event, July 21st, for another gallery reading, this time with medium Mark Schmidt. You can start your Path 11 TV membership for just $9.99 a month, or get two months free by getting an annual membership. Podcast listeners can save even more by using coupon code PODCAST30. This will take 30% off, making your first year only $70. That's only 20 cents a day. Don't hesitate, because this offer is only good for a limited time. All membership plans have a seven-day free trial. So start streaming with your membership to Path 11 TV today by visiting path11tv.com and start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with our exclusive library of inspiring entertainment. Now let's get to today's show. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Path 11 podcast today. Our guest today is pretty much an expert on law of attraction, and I know that we have talked about this subject before in past podcasts, but we're going to focus a little bit on law of attraction and weight loss today, amongst a couple of other things. So let me introduce you to my guest. Her name is Zara Mahoon, and she is a master mindset and law of attraction coach and a manifesting expert. She's the author of 12 books on these subjects and the creator of the unlimited 40-day law of attraction workout and the unlimited universe mastermind. After committing to completely transforming her own self-worth in 2006, she went from being massively in debt to owning multiple pro- owning multiple properties and creating a thriving business as well as healing her relationships. So Zara, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, April. Yeah. Now you have, let's talk about your upbringing a little bit because you have a really interesting upbringing in the different um, culture that you grew up in and was wondering if you can talk a little bit about that and how you began to expand a little bit more and come into your own self-worth. And we'll kind of start there. You know, that is really interesting that you bring it up because I think that my upbringing or the environment that I grew up in has a lot to do with my thirst for seeking out what really works. And I think that that journey has led me towards law of attraction. Um, I grew up in Pakistan in my younger years. We're all mixed up because in the beginning, we lived in Germany and the UK. And then we 
came home to Pakistan, which is where my parents were from, um, stayed there for a couple of years and then moved overseas again. So my father was in uh, the sort of work that we were going back and forth from Pakistan. So I had the opportunity to experience many different cultures, not as a tourist, but actually living in those environments and learning about them. The most interesting thing for me was that everyone thought that they were right. <laughs> and, and everyone else was wrong. And um, there, if you followed their way, you would end up in heaven. And if you followed another path, you would not end up in heaven. And I was like, but wait a second. I love these people. How can there be a God that sends all these wonderful, amazing people to hell just because they're not of this religion or this faith? So I was always asking questions of that nature because I couldn't understand it. And I was making my mother's life quite miserable until I realized that she didn't have answers that would satisfy me. So I stopped asking her questions and I just uh, started looking for other sources of information. And I kept listening to whoever wanted to speak. I was right there. Whatever book I could lay my hands on, I was right there. And I just kind of kept piecing the puzzle together until I created a full picture for myself of what it really is. And I discovered in, in my journey that everyone wants the same thing. Yeah. We, all, we all want freedom. We all want the freedom to make our own choices. We are all reaching for the same things. We all want love. We all want prosperity. We all want health. Everybody at the end of the day wants the same things. We're just going about it in different ways. That's all. And I discovered that no one path is the right path because as I lived in various countries and came across various cultures, I found that in every religion and every society, there are people who absolutely thrive. And in that same culture, religion, society, there are people who do not. So it's not a function of which society you grew up in. It is a fun, it's, it goes beyond that. And so that was part of my questioning. Why do people prosper here and not here? Why are people healthy here and not here? A uh, funny thing I'll tell you just now is because, um, and people would say to me, well, you know, vegetarian is good as opposed to carnivore or whatever with respect to food. And I would say, well, I come from the part of the world where it is the oldest historic vegetarian society ever. We still have hospitals. We still have people who fall sick. <laughs> right. Good point. Right. All right. Yeah. We still yeah. have people who are obese. Mm -hmm. My own grandmother was that way. So it can't be, it, there's got to be more to it than just the food. Yeah. Right. So right. Yeah. that's, that's what my journey always has been is, okay, I'm asking all these questions and not finding the answers, but the answers were there. I, it just took me a very long time to put it all together. 
Yeah, I was going to say you're searching for answers, but clearly you found some that you're happy with to explain a little bit about what you've been witnessing. And you bring up such a great point. Like you said, no matter where you go in the world or even the towns, the state, the country, there's, you know, the poor, the malnourished, the homeless and the rich and the thriving and the healthy. And then the majority of people a little bit in between. So, yeah. So what are some of the answers that you found? Well, I found that stress is the enemy. Hmm. Stress, worry, worrying about things keeps you from getting what you want. It destroys your quality of life. It creates all sorts of problems in your relationships and your health. Worry is the enemy. And worry comes from our mind. And it's literally like in one body we have two people living in one body and I'll call the one person the heart and the other person the mind and they're both constantly fighting and both wanting to go in different ways there's no harmony between them they're not listening to each other so it's almost as if we need to go internally and open communication between the heart and the mind and get them to cooperate which then eliminates worrying and when you don't worry, you make better decisions because worry clouds our thinking and our ability to act. We make better decisions when we are not worrying. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why meditation is so effective. I've been teaching meditation for many years. I had such a difficult time figuring it out, but finally got it. And I know that that is what it does. It helps us to stop worrying When we don't worry, we make better decisions because we have clarity. Worry is not clouding our mind. Right. Yeah, I always tell people when they're really emotional about something, that is not the time to make a decision. Exactly. Like allow yourself to cool off, walk away from the situation, come back to it 24, 48 hours later and see if you still feel the same way. Because, you know, when we make decisions in really high states of emotion, even if it's great, right? It could be like really joyful. And somebody says, hey, do you want to do this and book a trip with me? And you're like, yes, sounds great. And you book a trip for $5,000 in the moment. And you're like, oh my gosh, why did I just do that? You know, so it could be a really high positive emotion and really low you know, emotion as well. Yeah. So how did you link worry with law of attraction? What, what, why were you so drawn to the concept of law of attraction and manifesting? Law of attraction brought the pieces of me together for me because uh, it, law of attraction is a new term, but the information is not new. It's been there. Norman Vincent Peale, Napoleon Hill, everybody was talking about the same thing but they were just not calling it law of attraction. My more recent uh, favorites are Dr. Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and Abraham Hicks. They all talk about the same thing. It's this law of attraction is the terminology that we are using just now. It's topical. All it means is pay attention to the way you're thinking because your thoughts are important and have an impact on the way you feel and what you create and what happens in your life. Well, that's something that my grandmother was telling me as well, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's not new information. We know it. But I'll tell you something, April. The problem is we all understand the concept of glass half full, glass half empty, that we should be positive. 
But in reality, nobody actually teaches us what is a positive thought. So we believe that we are being positive when in effect we are not. The litmus test is if you're living the life you want to live, you are positive. If you are not living the life you want to live, there's negativity in the way you think. Mm. Not all your thoughts are negative, but there is negativity in the way you think. Otherwise, you would manifest everything that you wanted. Right. So right? how, yeah, so a couple of things with the law of attraction where I've seen this concept and, and it really could be because people have not studied it in depth, or maybe have had a teacher to really lead them, but you know, they, they saw the secret or they read a book or they listened to a podcast and they said, okay, I'm going to be mindful of my thoughts. And, you know, hopefully I'm going to think positive and I'm going to manifest great things in my life. And then all of a sudden they had a day where they were in a really bad mood and, you know, something happened and they were thinking, oh my gosh, I caused this. And, um, like a more recent example would be one of my best friends. Um, she was just having a really bad morning sat on a Saturday morning and, you know, we were texting each other and just trying to help her get through it. And about an hour later, her son had fractured his arm and she believed because she has studied some law of attraction that she had caused that to happen. And, you know, I kind of had explained to her that even though, um, we may think that we can manifest things a lot and quickly, that there's kind of this mechanism in the universe where human beings really aren't given permission to manifest immediately um, because that could do a lot of damage. And probably those who have the ability to do it have a greater understanding of how to use that energy, how to use thought form and how to use that power in a way that would not harm. But she's not the first person that I have talked to before that started to get into law of attraction and really feel like because of either their bad mood or their own negativity that they were causing um, you know, things to happen in life where either people that they loved were getting sick or getting hurt or, you know, they lost a job. So I'm, I would love to hear your thoughts on that because there's a part of me that says, okay, I do believe that we have power within our thoughts and energy follows thought and we can manifest. But then there's this other part of me that says, but how much of some of this is destined and lessons for our soul and that we do have to go through some difficult times, you know, not everything has to be positive and wonderful and joyful all the time or else would our soul evolve in that state? So um, I know I'm asking you like two questions here, but lots of questions. Lots, actually, I know that's how my brain works. I usually throw 10 questions at my guest, but, but let's start with the first one of people having fear that their, um, their mood or their negative attitude, like my friend manifested her son fracturing his arm when he was riding on his scooter outside. Can I ask you how old is this, is the boy? Uh, he is 14. Okay. She could not have manifested anything for him because we manifest for ourselves. We don't manifest for other people. Ah, okay. Great. Oh, my thoughts affect only me and no one else. I might think that I affect other people. I only affect other people when they allow themselves to be affected by something that I have said to them. So if I was very angry with my son and I said, I hate you, I could kill you, and he believed me, 
he would be upset. That's, it's the believability factor that makes the difference. But if he chose to laugh in my face, which is what he does when I tell him that, <laughs> then he's not absorbing it because he knows that mom is just angry. She doesn't mean it. She's going to cool off. And two seconds later, she's going to come and hug me. He hasn't absorbed any of it. So it, it's not going to impact his thinking and therefore, it's not going to impact what he manifests. People manifest only those things that they allow in under their skin, into their system. Okay, so if our thoughts only manifest for ourselves, let's say if we are trying to manifest abundance and wealth, um, does it? So with those thoughts, though, it has to be. It has to be connecting or linking in to that wealth, which in turn could be from somebody else or, I don't know, say I'm going to buy a car and I want to get a really good deal and I am like manifesting like crazy. Isn't my energy and my thought also going to affect that salesperson and the outcome of that abundance that I get? So even though our thoughts manifest just for ourselves, how do they play into interacting with others or those things coming to us that we want? And I see you shaking your head. So okay, I'm shaking my head this way as well as this way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, okay. We do not have an impact on anyone else's thoughts unless they allow us to have an impact. However, the universe will bring together all the components that need to come together for something to happen. So there is a deal out there that is perfect for you. If you went shopping and you went up and down every street in your town, you wouldn't be able to find it, but the universe has the ability to match you up with it. The universe can lead you to it. So for everyone who is thinking a positive thought, of gaining something, there is someone out there who is thinking a thought that matches up with that. Gotcha. Massive search engine that every little thing in the world, every, every blade of grass, every individual is in that search engine. And then that search engine, as soon as you say, I want a deal, the search engine goes to work and matches you up with all the deals. Which one you actually end up manifesting depends on your emotion about it. So you could ask for a very good deal on a car, but if you were low emotionally, if you were feeling, oh, that's just not going to happen. I want this deal, but that's just not going to happen. Now what you've done is you've introduced a negative belief. That's just not going to happen. So even though you want it and it is out there, you won't get matched with it because the belief is the filter. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's how manifestations happen. You want it, but there's a filter. If you use the wrong filter, you won't get the right picture. If you're into photography, which I absolutely love and adore photography, you use different filters. Mm-hmm different types of lenses to get the impact that 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 picture the way you want it to be you capture it using the right lens 
the right filter. So in this case, in manifesting, the filter that we use is our belief system. If we apply the wrong belief system, we will not get the end result that we want. But if we are able to apply the right belief system, and we are seeing this vision, this is one of the reasons why visualization doesn't work, April, is because people visualize it, but they're not applying the right filter. Hmm. So then they are watching the movie in their minds, but it's not happening in the real world. And they say, okay, why does visualization work for one person and not work for the other person? Well, it would be very difficult for you to incorporate within you the exact belief system and emotion of another person. We just wanted to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor for today's episode, Path 11 TV. Not a fan of watching videos on your computer or laptop? Neither are we. That's why we recently launched the Path 11 TV app for your smartphone and TV. Now you can watch on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. Or if you prefer to wind down in your living room, you can now watch on your Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire devices. For listeners of the podcast, the easiest way to get started is by pointing your web browser to path11tv.com and starting a seven-day free trial. But be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30, again, that's PODCAST30, to take 30% off of an annual membership for maximum savings. Once your membership is started, visit your smartphone or TV's app store and download the Path 11 TV app. Once downloaded, you can then link to your newly created account and start streaming on the go or relaxing in your living room. Visit path11tv.com for all the details. So it ha- it's more than the thought. They You ha- also have to work on the belief system, the filter, and the emotions that go with that visualization. Just visualization alone doesn't have the power to fully manifest what you're looking for. Exactly. So, you know, uh, uh, taking it a a step further, a lot of people talk about visualize very specifically and feel the feeling. Sure, feel the feeling, but if you didn't also line up your beliefs, it's not going to happen. So you, you close your eyes and you believe that you are on this cruise ship, you've manifested this beautiful cruise, But your belief is, how am I ever going to get the money for it? Well, you can visualize till the cows come home. (laughs) Unless you change your belief, it's not going to happen. Gotcha. All right. So let me go to part two of that question. Let's use the example from the beginning of the podcast of where everywhere you went, you know, through your travels, there were people who were poor, people who were rich, you know, in abundance. So, um, in, in what you've learned with law of attraction, do you really believe that every poor person on this planet has this belief system or a disconnect with the feeling of abundance or is part of that their life plan? I, I have a video on my YouTube channel and it's called Nothing Is. The paradox is that nothing is predetermined and yet you can predict everything. Uh, And so this paradox is what you're talking about here is the person who lives 
let's say they live in an abundant society, but they don't have abundance is because they don't believe that they can have it. Other, they find reasons for why other people can have it and they can't. So we have a choice of how we think our thoughts. I can look, let's say I'm the person who is wanting to manifest the abundance. So I can look at someone else who has the abundance that I want and I can say, look at that, that person has it. That means, and I look at them, there's nothing special about them. If they can do it, I can do it too. Or I can look at them and I can say, oh, they're special. They have connections. They were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. And unfortunately, what I've observed is belief systems that are handed down through the generations are such. We can't have it because that is a select group. You have to be born in that circle. You have to have that sort of education. You have to have those sorts of opportunities. Or, you know, you, you have to have the money to bribe someone in order to get your way. Those are the belief systems. And as long as you cannot shed those beliefs, then you can't change what will happen. Right. And I'm sure my audience is like, okay, sign me up. How do I shed my belief system? <laughs> and how do you help people do that? Oh my God. So first of all, I had to help myself do that. Right. And I can tell you, it was not easy. And I can tell you, I made massive mistakes in using law of attraction. That is why I consider myself an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I've made massive, massive mistakes. Um, just to mention two big ones, I almost had to sign for bankruptcy and lost my house. And I absolutely did lose my son in a custody battle and got him back, mm -hmm. got my house back too. So, but those things happened. I know now that I look back on it, those things happened because I created those with my thought. So how do you become positive thinking? You, there is a formula to follow. It does take a lot of practice it takes awareness. And the way I created awareness for myself, I did many different things. I created, came up with my own exercises because whatever everyone else was teaching just wasn't working for me. And believe me, I had listened to everyone. Everyone who is in the mindset space, I have listened to them and I have bought their programs and gone to their workshops, bought their programs, bought their books, done things that they said to do, and it didn't work for me. So then I came up with my own methods and my methods worked for me. It's always, you know, something that a specific person needs that someone else has not experienced. So that's where I say, you know, you have to piece the puzzle together take things from different people. But the one thing that served me really well was observing other people. Because uh, I have a science background, so I have always been into research and analysis. So when I discovered 
the term law of attraction and and started piecing it all together based on this thing that our thoughts create everything that happens to us, I treated it like an experiment. Hmm. And I couldn't observe myself. The hardest thing for you to do is to observe yourself. And so I started observing other people they became my subjects and I observed what they were saying and what was happening in their life and what I could see had happened in their lives before. Mm -hmm. And I learned from observation of how they were offering their words, what was negative and what was positive. So I collected a lot of data about what was negative, what was positive. And then I started using this information to change the way I spoke mm. and thought, my use of words. Because here's the thing I'll tell you. It's like an iceberg. Words are like icebergs. Every single word that we use has a set of beliefs that are linked to it that soon as you use the word, all the beliefs that are underneath that word are activated. Mm. And, and so your, that is why the words you use are so important. I'll give you a small example. When I was working on my financial situation and turning things around completely for myself, I stopped using the word money. Mm, completely. Interesting. Okay. I stopped using the word money completely for almost two years. I did not use the word money. I found other words to use instead. It was because of my realization that I had many negative beliefs about money. My mother always used to say money doesn't grow on trees. You've got to give something to get something. You have to work hard. And then I used to be like, yeah, but you work so hard and yet you have none. So <laughs> you're telling me to work hard, but it uh, doesn't make sense. So when I realized that I have all these beliefs about money and all of those beliefs are activated when I use the word money, I stopped using the word money so that I would stop activating the beliefs. Wow. Very interesting. I like that. Mm -hmm. It's a really, but it takes awareness, right? It right. takes, mm -hmm. it takes the discipline to stop soon as that word is coming to you mm -hmm. and and say it differently. So basically, that's what I started saying in my head. I was always saying, okay, how can I say this better? How can I, how can I change my words around? Great. That's a great starting point. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So just observe, you will know, everyone knows where they have negative beliefs, which words are your negative beliefs linked to? Some people have negative beliefs linked to the words, I love you. Because they've gone through an abusive relationship where that person used to say those words. So every time they say those words or they hear them from someone else, they activate all the beliefs that are linked to those words. So stop using words that have negative beliefs linked to them so that you feel better, you improve your manifestations, then you go and fix those beliefs. Because yeah. you, ultimately speaking, you want to. It's like... I have this really stubborn weed. It's at the base of my um, uh, my driveway. Mm -hmm. 
And it always grows in that one spot and it has really deep roots. I dig it up as much as I can every summer. I fight with this weed and it keeps coming back. Uh, and and last year, I celebrated because I got it all. <laughs> <laughs> I got every little root it had all the way down. I said, I'm, I'm going to get it this time. And I did. But that's what our beliefs are like. The right. roots run deep. So really you have to do an inventory of your beliefs and, and match them up with words and be very mindful of the words. So those are the sorts of exercises that we need to do. Okay. And what I found in my journey is that uh, it really helps to have someone working with you, even if that is a friend or a spouse or a child, someone um, that you can play with, you know, someone who keeps you going with it, someone who keeps you on track, um, not keeps you on track, but is on the journey with you. So it's more fun. Mm -hmm. You don't feel because one of the things in my journey was I felt so alone. Now you have to understand this was many years ago, nobody knew the words law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And if I wanted to hold a meditation circle, it was considered, yeah. you know, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very lonely journey. It's not that lonely anymore. There are a lot more people on the journey nowadays. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that if there was one thing that I craved for was having someone that I could talk to. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's go to law of attraction and weight loss using what we've learned so far. Okay. Mm -hmm. So belief systems our yeah. words, maybe even dropping the word weight, you know, like you said, yeah. you drop the word money. So yeah. um, I've, I've talked about this in a couple of different, you know, podcasts had a couple of people on that had wrote books about, um, you know, our emotions connected to the weight and how many times it has nothing to do with the food that we're eating per se, but it could be this emotional weight that we're holding. So if I, because I, a part of me feels like I believe I am ready to get back to my ideal weight and I want that and I have the desire and, um, and I'm like, well, how come it hasn't happened? Right. <laughs> Just like what you said before, like people are visualizing it, feeling it, thinking it, but clearly there has to be either a belief system, yes. you know, there that I, I didn't have not found the weed yet for, um, and then there's the other science part of me that says, well, you know, I'm approaching mid forties here and maybe it's hormones. Maybe it is, you know, the physical body and things just happening in the physical body that make it a little more difficult. But then again, that could be part of the belief system that needs to be pulled out and worked with. So when you're working with people with law of attraction and weight loss, um, where's a good place to begin? And, you know, what's the common theme that you see? It's interesting because I, I run a program. It's a self-worth program, but um, getting into shape is a big part of our, of our self-worth. So getting into shape is, is a big part of the Unlimited Heart program. Um, I'll give you a little bit. I, I don't think we have enough time for me to cover everything that I would want to share. But the most important thing to understand, yes, 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 it is about thoughts and beliefs. However, until you can change the belief, you have to stay with it. Mm 
meaning do not act outside your belief system. I'll give you a small example about myself personally. Sugar and I are not friends. And I, even though I am a teacher of law of attraction, I do not have the stamina capacity to deal with my beliefs about sugar. So I just stay away from it. Because my belief is sugar is bad for me. Why would I consume something that is bad for me? This is what gets lost in most weight loss. I call it the optimal health journey. Because loss is a word that has negative connotations. Well, yeah, very true. <laughs> so so mm -hmm. I don't want to use the word weight loss. Mm -hmm. Optimal health. We want optimal health. We want balance. A body that feels too heavy does not have balance. We want balance. At the end of the day, the entire universe is about balance. But primarily, the one thing that I would want everyone to understand is that unless you change your belief about a food, you should not consume it if you think it's bad for you. Hmm. Okay. So in other words, like... Um say people might say, oh, I just, I'm addicted to chocolate. I love chocolate. I can't give chocolate up. Um, should they keep eating the chocolate? No, <laughs> or because, is it just the opposite the, that they, the belief is I'm addicted to this. It's hard for me to let it go. So then don't put it in your body because the belief system is that your body will just go well, into it. The unsaid belief there is this is bad for me, but I'm addicted to it. Hmm. See, anytime someone uses the word addiction, it means this is bad for me, but I want it. Right. That's, that's what the term addiction means. I don't think this is good for me, but I want it. So you're saying just leave it all together. Leave it all together because unless you can sit down and do the work, which we do, I, I do help people do the work. Unless you sit down and you do the work to change your beliefs about those things that you want to put in your body, then you should not put them in your body. Mm -hmm. Okay. So some other words um, with people who are looking to manifest their optimal health weight. I don't know. I'm trying to choose my words carefully, but I hear, I hear the word optimum health, uh, balance. Body image. Body image. Body image. Okay. What are some other uh, words and vocabulary that people could maybe um, take away from this podcast to use in shifting their language about their weight and their body? Well, it's going to vary depending on who the person is. And here's an exercise that everyone can do to find what they need to change. Just for two minutes, take your cell. These days, I believe everyone has a mobile phone, but if you don't, um, use a tape recorder or a computer. But tape yourself, record yourself talking about food and your body. Exercise. So what are the things that we think affect our body, our thoughts, our food, and our exercise. Those are the three main ingredients. So talk about your body and the impact of these three things. Tape yourself for two to three minutes. 
then go back and listen and and write down every sentence that you said your own inventory of words that you use when you're talking about yourself and you'll be able to pick out the ones that you'll be able to pick out the ones that need to change mm. so it's a very individual thing and that's one of the exercises that i do with people who are working with me is to get them to do the exercise and then i help them identify because the other thing is for people to start understanding what is negative and positive yeah yeah i mean i can hear myself saying this at points in my life other clients that come in you know that they'll say oh i know i should be working out but i just am not motivated enough i mean that sentence is just loaded with doom and gloom yes it is <laughs> You know, it's like, I know I should, but I'm not. And I don't yeah. have, I have no energy to, I know it'll make me feel better, but I just can't get on the treadmill. Well, see, that's the other thing that just like I said, stay away from foods that you think are bad for you. Do the things that you think are good for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's mm -hmm. what it means to go with your belief. But in that specific example, don't pick the type of exercise that you don't enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. If you pick, if you tell yourself, oh, I'm going to do this thing and I absolutely hate doing it, well, then you are actually generating negative energy when you do it. Right. So pick something that you have fun doing. Some people enjoy going for a run. Other people hate going for a run. Some people love dancing. Other people dislike it. Mm -hmm. It's just a, it's a very individual thing. You should not have to fight, put up a fight in order to get yourself to do something. Because every time you fight with yourself, you are generating, that fight is the generation of negative energy. Hmm. Well, you've given us some great tips. That is for sure. This is a great conversation. And I know that actually you have um, a curriculum that you teach for law of attraction and ideal body image. Yes, I do. Yeah. 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 Let my listeners know about that. Well, I have a program called the Unlimited Heart Program. And the Unlimited Heart Program is about self-worth. And our body image is very much a part of our self-worth. If we don't like who we are in the mirror, that erodes our self-worth. So as part of this self-worth journey that I take people on, getting to your optimal health is a big part of the journey. Wonderful. So yes, there's a whole curriculum. And the other thing I want to say is the this particular program, the Unlimited Heart program is a one-year program because I have taken courses myself that have been four weeks, six weeks, three-month courses. It does not stick. Mm -hmm. It does not stick because it's too much coming at you in, in a way... Um, squished period of time. It's not enough to absorb everything as well as put it into action and make it a habit. Yeah. So what happens is you do those things for a short period of time and then you stop doing them. Mm -hmm. So I feel that uh, repetition makes it stick and accountability, someone prodding you to do it. Yes. Prodding you and also encouraging you, holding your hand and 
someone being there to answer your questions is so important because those questions are very individual. They're not the same. Different people come Mm -hmm. to things from different places, right? And so that is what this program is all about. It is not just about your health and, and looking the way you want to look. It is overall about your self-confidence, about your ability to trust your creative power, about regaining your self-esteem. So that's what the Unlimited Heart program is all about. It is a 12-month program. It is um, your, I, I teach the program live twice a week. Great. And can you give people your website and where they can find that? Um, I can share the link with you. I actually don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you can share it with me and we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wonderful. And also I know on your website, you have a free book download um, yes. that people can download for free. It's called Why Me? Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? And I think the website that I have for you is zmahone.com. Z-M-A-H-O-O-N.com. Are they able to find that? Find stuff there? Okay, wonderful. All right. Well, Zira, thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. This was a great conversation about law of attraction. I definitely learned some things. And I really love that tool and idea of recording yourself for a couple of minutes, begin to pick out the words, uh, realize my takeaways from this is that, you know, our thoughts can only manifest for ourselves. There is that database that links up our search engine of what we're putting out there. And the universe conspires to bring that to us. So wonderful. This was so helpful. Thank you so much for being a guest today on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Take care. Take care, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. Now get to manifesting. And if you want to work with Zira, check out her website. We have all of her information in the show notes. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com and be sure to use coupon code podcast30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.